Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowe, and myself wrap up our Bible study on justification, looking at a New Testament passage in the book of Romans. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I'm Pastor Brett Bowe. Then I'm Pastor Jason Goodham. Good. <laughs> and I'm Pastor Brian Rickey. We just got off this incredibly interesting conversation about what, what we British like to TV, watch. Right. Yeah. I know there's there's a lot of times I wish we would have been recording the in-between yeah. stuff. No one would want to hear Chit-chat that. Chat. No, we've, yeah. we've gotten so many emails about less banter, more theology. Yeah, you know? right. <laughs> well, that's fine. We're talk about justification, and that's mm-hmm. a worthy topic to talk about, I think. So what? I think so. Yeah. I mean, maybe. What justification-y verse are we looking at today? <laughs> We're looking at if, if Habakkuk 2.4 was the official justification verse mm-hmm. of the Reformation, uh, Romans 3 is the official justification passage of yeah. the Bible. <laughs> I, know, I, was, right. I was joking around off mic and I looked at Brussels. That's kind of vague. Maybe we should get him one that's a little more clear, you know? Warning, Warning for those listening, this is going to be a lot of symbolism and a lot of allegory and a lot yeah. of interpretation going yeah, on. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this, is as, this is as direct and straightforward mm-hmm. as you possibly can get. Yep. When Even the about language, the, yeah. the, the, construct, the grammatical structure mm-hmm. of the language is... And yeah. so if you had... Any doubt that we are saved and justified totally entirely by God's grace and mercy, if you add any doubt to that, if you have any doubt that you somehow bring something to the table in, in, in the midst of justification or you contribute something in some way, shape, or form, this verse will eradicate the second and confirm that God's work in salvation is totally entirely his. Mm-hmm. It's, and, uh, and you can't get around it. There's there's no wiggle room in these verses, and that's why I right. love them. It, yeah. it never ceases to amaze me in a tragic sort of way the amount of hoops people are willing to jump through yeah. to make this and to make Romans not about justification, whether it's mm-hmm. liberal theologians or people like N.T. Wright or who are doing the new perspectives on yeah. Paul. The, this passage is just so utterly straightforward in how we ought to understand it that uh, I'm just baffled that you even have a hard time interacting with that when you're exposed to it because it's so obvious, mm-hmm. uh, you know, obviously stated in Scripture. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, All right, well, let's read it. Uh, Romans three, twenty-one through 26. It says, But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he has passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Amen. Amen. I think that pretty much settles it. I know. Yeah, right. Why talk anymore about it? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. No, it's, so where do we go? Where do we start? Uh, we start with verse 21 yeah. and the setup. You know, we didn't read verses 19 and 20. Right. We're kind of picking up mid, we're, we're mid-stream. Mm-hmm. When, and actually, we're picking up 
midstream Romans one, two, and three mm-hmm. has a particular progression, yes. and it's an, it's there's a necessity that you pick up on that progression to understand yeah. what Romans three, four, five, and six say. You know, so Romans 1, 1 through 17 is kind of the introduction and the mm-hmm. purpose statement of the book. And you end up with, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because of the power of Jesus Christ for salvation. Everyone who believes for The power of who? power of God for power salvation. power of who? <laughs> but Paul starts in Romans by identifying the problem of sin. Mm-hmm. So he starts off with the sin of sinners, Romans 1, 18 through the end of the chapter, and you've got the wrath mm-hmm. of God is revealed against all ungodliness of mankind who in their ungodliness suppress the truth. It's Romans mm-hmm. 1, 18. And it, it's kind of a setup. If you're a pious, God-fearing person, it's really easy to talk yourself into thinking that Romans 1 is talking about other people's sin. Hmm. You know, people suppressing the truth. It talks about idolatry. Uh, uh, It's one of the passages in the New Testament that specifically condemns homosexuality. Mm -hmm. It talks about the sin of worshiping and serving the creature rather than the creator. And you have that great doctrine that reminds us that God punishes sin with more sin. And so we're not waiting for the next hurricane or natural disaster to for God to bring that God punishes sin with unrepentant sin, which leads to more unrepentance and so on and so forth. That's the commentary of Romans one. God gave them up. God gave them up. God gave them up repeated three times. Romans two, it's a little bit closer to home, but you can convince yourself Romans two is about the unfaithfulness of the Jews. Mm-hmm. And so Romans two, Paul turns on the Jews and says, Hey, listen, you guys are no better off than the pagans. I was talking about in Romans one. Uh, you who preach against this, do you do this? There's that cycle in the middle of Romans 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it talks about natural revelation and things like that. Now, that's Romans 2. We're still talking about sin. Now we're talking about the sins of people who should know better. But Romans 3 is what ties it all together. And you get that amazing sequence in Romans 3, 9 through 20. Mm-hmm. And in yeah, Romans 3, right. 9 through 20, yeah. no, no one is good. No, no one is righteous. No, not one. One. I wonder what that word no one yeah. means in the Greek. What do you think? I was going to say, you yeah. would wait for your... Uh... <laughs> it, it means some. <laughs> <laughs> and what's interesting, and you kind of alluded to this about, you know, like we read through chapter yeah. one and sometimes like, well, that doesn't apply to me, mm-hmm. but it does. And the thing about this is we, we will say as the Protestant evangelical church in America as a whole, we will say, yes, we are justified by grace through faith alone, but our action and our theological preaching do not support that. Mm-hmm. No. And, yeah. and that's why we need to be reminded of this. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, can we just get past this? No, because we still haven't got it right. Mm-hmm. Justification in the, the Church of America in the 21st century is we are saved by faith alone, comma, space, but. Exactly. Dot, dot, dot. And mm-hmm. or and. Yeah. yeah. One or the other, but there's something else tacked on. Exactly. There. But if you look at the whole picture of Romans 1 through 3, you get mm-hmm. to that no one is righteous, yeah. no, not one. You round back to Romans 1 mm-hmm. and you realize that every point in the New Testament and the Old Testament, but especially the New Testament, where there's a list of sins, there's always going to be a sin in there that you struggle with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and all right. these grotesque sins, yep, you know, together. They're, they're, and then like right in the middle, if you're not paying attention, is 
envy, <laughs> right? you know, or, or gossip or, you know, something like that, that kind of just gets you right in the heart. So you can't disqualify yourself from the condemnations of Romans one. And you realize, oh, wait, I'm in the church. Yeah. I'm the one preaching against all these things. And Paul's asking me, you who preach against this, are you doing this? I can't disqualify myself from the sins of Romans two, which gets me back to Romans three. No one is righteous. No, no. not one. No one seeks after God. Their mouths are open graves, yeah. and, and it's it's the most thorough condemnation of sinful humanity you can. Wait, what's possibly, he trying to say yeah. there? That's, I just can't seem nice. to get that. Yeah, <laughs> what 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 he identifies the problem with all of our sin. The problem is the law, mm-hmm. and the problem isn't the law, but it's we can't obey the law. Yeah. And, so, and the legal demands yeah. of it. If yeah. we're trying to gain righteousness by the law, yep. we're already sinful. We can't do it. So that's Romans 3, 19 and 20. Mm-hmm. But then we start off, but now there's your grace phrase. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, no. I know we've said that before. Sometimes those, that but in scripture, you yeah. that, that pause of... Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like Ephesians 2 Yeah, when we're talking yeah. about you're dead in your oh, sins and trespasses. It's like Ephesians yep. 2, 5, but now or yeah. but God. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. the same thing. But now a righteousness of God, it's still the righteousness that God demands, mm-hmm. has been manifested apart from the law. So Though it testifies. This, now it. we're stepping outside the realm of obedience. We're, we're, we're stepping outside the realm of piety, mm-hmm. although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. Now, if you've been through this entire series, you know exactly the reason why we're doing Romans last. The law and the prophets bearing witness. Mm-hmm. Genesis, yep. Habakkuk. We're going through the scriptures. Jesus. All of scripture points to Christ. All of scripture proclaims the gospel, and this is where the rubber meets the road as far as Paul's great theological treatise. So Mm -hmm. the the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. So that there's the thesis statement of of the section and and we it's like Paul reads 21st century American Christianity perfectly, because then we get back to we're saved by grace through faith, but or and, or whatever. And so Paul rounds back in verse 23 in the most quoted out of context verse in all of scripture, other than God helps those who helps themselves. And it's really easy to quote a verse out of context when it doesn't exist. (laughs) But for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I mean, that's the Romans road. That's the spiritual laws. I mean, you just rip that verse right out of the heart of what it's saying. It's still true. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But we've covered that three times already in Romans up to this point, which is why you want to read verse 24. It's just a summary of what he's already been yeah. saying. Yeah. Verse 24, and are justified, same sentence, and are justified by his grace. Mm-hmm. What's the next three words? As a gift. As a gift. Well, and even justified is passive. I mean, yeah. as the, the subject of that sentence, which is all people, yeah. humanity, uh, we are passive in that justif- justification. Mm-hmm. We are passive in that declaration of innocence. Well, there, and there's only two kinds of justification in the world, period, regardless of religion. There's either self-justification or justification, forensic justification, God declaring mm-hmm. us to be righteous. Yep. Every other world religion is self-justification. Yep. Only Christianity is, is justification by God's declaration. The final thing we get to, and this is a perfect capstone for all of the other three passages we cover, we are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption Mm -hmm. that is in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. Justification is the gospel. 
Justification mm-hmm. is the forgiveness of sins. Justification is redemption. It's not this abstract theological concept that only, you know, people in ivory tower Christianity are worried mm-hmm. about. Justification as is as important a thing to your faith as anything. It is mm-hmm. the most important and it is central. Mm-hmm. And again, as as we said that we have this tendency that um, I can I can do something to earn God's favor or merit, yeah. and I yep. can pay Him back somehow, and and we can't. Um, and that mm-hmm. picture is clearly painted in Ephesians, yep. which was already quoted. Uh, you were dead in your trespasses and sins, and I ask my congregation this quite a bit. But what can a dead person do to save themselves? And that picture is literal. As spiritually, we are absolutely dead and absolutely helpless. Yep apart from God, mm-hmm. through the preaching of the gospel, his word, calling us out of the tomb like he did with Lazarus, yep. raising us spiritually from the dead, unbinding us and setting us free. And uh, I just, I love the picture that scripture paints here and the clarity that Paul has here, because there is no mm-hmm. wiggle room here. It, it's no it's no like, oh, I'm bringing something, I'm going to meet God halfway. There's no synergism at all here. Right. Yep. It is complete monergism mm-hmm. and yep. it's complete yep. Completely a work of God's grace right. and mercy, and, and, I, and I, it also would be good to remind ourselves of the when we talked a long time ago about the definition of justification. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know, thinking of you know how the that expression "just as if you've never sinned" is is just part of the it's incomplete. The equation. And but, if if that's the whole thing, you've right. got justification wrong. Right. And this this passage gets both of them together. Yep. Yeah. And it's so the three corruptions of justification. You have self justification mm-hmm. by which we declare our own righteousness based on our own personal opinion, or you have uh, justification. You're paying God back for what He has done, mm-hmm. or justification erases your sins and gives you a second chance to get it right. Mm-hmm. Those are the three main corruptions of justification. All are obliterated here by the series of dis- descriptions starting in verse 24. Justified is a passive verb mm-hmm. by his grace as a gift. Yeah. The gift is given by God and possessed by God through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God sent, mm-hmm. and then it's accomplished by the propitiation by his blood. Now, these are two big theological concepts that are always wrapped into justification, yeah. the concept yeah. of propitiation, mm-hmm. the, the concept of expiation. Expiation means to make atonement, mm-hmm. and propitiation means to turn away wrath. Yeah. And both of those are covered. And so yeah. uh, you're reconciled to God by Christ's blood, and Christ's blood turns away God's wrath. And this is the wrath, by the way, that was talked about in Romans 1.18. Uh, what happens here? Mm-hmm is justification is not evidence of your righteousness. It's not evidence of your worthiness. It's not evidence of anything to do with you. This was to show God's righteousness. Yes. Yeah, right. And so the, the, the next several verses in, in verse 26, one of my most very favorite verses in the entire Bible, show that the expression of God's righteousness is redemption, mm-hmm. that he would allow for his creation to be saved mm-hmm. in such a way that they would be saved and aren't earning it. Because if we earn it, and that's what he, Paul talks about in Romans 4 and 5, mm-hmm. then we get the credit for it. If, if, if we're getting paid wages then we don't get, that's not, we don't celebrate God's grace because mm-hmm. that's what we're due. 
Uh, but the we are getting we are recipients of God's grace, and He is demonstrating His righteousness. So at the very end, and I know we've talked about this multiple mm-hmm. times, yeah. but we have to realize that Jesus Christ on the cross in your place, shedding his blood, suffering, dying, rising again, that is the perfect expression of God's justice. Mm-hmm. And if we don't really strive to get this right, yep. the thing, the natural outcome of that lack of effort is saying that Christ's atoning sacrifice wasn't enough. And and that is everywhere Christianity gets corrupted, that ends up being the confession. And that really, that's hard for mm-hmm. me. It's, some, it's one of the few things I actually get quite angry over in theology is when you start to, to kick against the efficacy or the sufficiency of Christ's atoning sacrifice, I get angry. Well. And um, I, I think that's okay, you know. Uh, hopefully, I, I respond yeah, okay anger. out of that. Yeah. <laughs> but I do, I do, I get angry at that. And um, I'll just say, well, wait a minute here. Let's talk about that. There's been several times where I've had these conversations because even though sometimes I think we don't understand the importance of words in describing these things, you know, if I said if I made a general statement based mm-hmm. on maybe one one action you did and you said, well, Brett always does this. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not fair because I'm not looking at the whole thing and I didn't take the time to really see the extent of of who you are and what, what you do or who, you know, Mm -hmm. who you are as a person. Uh, We do that with Christ. We just, we get lethargic and we, we don't make the effort to understand these wonderful truths of scripture in a way that we can articulate them that doesn't mingle law and gospel, but with that we can articulate them in a way that is truly represented in Scripture. Well, and, and part of the problem why this happens so frequently is simply we stop hearing the gospel. The, the, I'm sorry, did you say something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we, when churches stop preaching the gospel, we've covered this too, the, the American church only uses the gospel for conversion. Mm-hmm. The maintenance of the faith in the American church, by and large, is done by the law. Mm-hmm. What you end up is being convinced that your works mm-hmm. start to matter for your salvation. And, and the remedy to that is just to repeatedly hear the gospel because Amen. it's the good news. But this is the argument the Lutherans make. What you said, Brian, the Lutherans make this argument all throughout the apology of the Augsburg Confession. Like, if our works become meritorious mm-hmm. at any level— yep. You don't need Christ. Mm -hmm. If you can invoke the saints Mm -hmm. for any amount of grace, you don't need Christ. Mm -hmm. And it's over and multiple times they identify what you're doing is you're writing Christ out of the most important equation that has ever happened. And you're inserting yourself or you're inserting someone else. And we put the word and. You're saved by grace through faith and Mm-hmm. Or but. Oh, man. And I get so mad because that's not what Christ did. It's not how God worked salvation, provided salvation. Mm-hmm. And we need to do everything we can to get this one right. Yeah. And the outcome then of justification based on verse 26 and everything we read before it mm-hmm. is that your sins have been dealt with. Amen. Yeah. That, is Amen. The, that is the telos, the yeah. end point mm-hmm. of the gospel. And so many times the grace of God is preached uh, emotionally and well-intentionally, but it's preached in such a way that your sins are somewhere over there. Mm-hmm. 
And there's this doubt, this lingering, nagging doubt in your life that they can come back. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, they're, they're the skeleton in the closet yeah. or they're buried in a treasure chest under the sea or something like that. And you're not talking about the Christian struggle. You're talking about that legal demand because yeah. we're talking about justification, the declaration of innocence and everything. So you're not talking about, obviously, that we're not going to struggle with those no, things. No, no. But, but what I'm talking about is if, if the gospel is preached in such a way that God is ignoring your sins yep. or that your sins don't matter, Amen. which is what you're getting yep. after, yep. you're never going to have that peace and assurance because your sins can all come, always come back to haunt you. Yep. What this is saying is your sins have been taken yes. in reality and they've been given to Christ yes. and then those sins were punished. They were executed. They were paid for. And so your sins still mattered. They're still sinned, Mm -hmm. but they've been dealt dealt with. with. Yeah. And and that's, I think, important for us to understand Mm -hmm. because then when when we do finally get to sanctification, that Mm -hmm. state that that believers are in now and, and will be till the day they go home to be with the Lord, then it's in the freedom of Christ. It's in the victory of Christ Jesus. That doesn't mean you're misusing or or taking for granted God's grace or mercy, but it's understanding that those legal demands mm-hmm. have been nailed to the cross mm-hmm. and that that justification, that declaration of innocence cannot change. No. And, and as a Lutheran, I believe it, unless you purposefully and rebelliously reject and throw it away. Well, and then you get to that question, well, it's not like your sins don't exist. I still struggle with sin. Brian, you yep. still struggle with sin. Brett, you mm-hmm. still struggle with sin. If you don't preach the gospel correctly and clearly, mm-hmm. what you end up with is a Christianity where if you become aware of sin in your life again, your faith is destroyed. Yeah, exactly. And, and I, I grew up in an environment where every time I came under the conviction of sin, I questioned my salvation. Mm. And that's what almost drove me away from the faith. And I that's why it's so important, it. you know, and that's why Paul says in chapter seven that the very thing I want to do, I don't do, yeah, even exactly. as a believer. Mm-hmm. And the very thing I don't want to do, that's the thing I do, wretched man that I am. And then he turns the corner and there is therefore now yeah, no yes. condemnation yep. for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. And that's that balance. And it's a delicate balance. And it's one that we have to be intentional about, understanding that we are totally entirely forgiven given. We're in the victory of Christ Jesus. We're in the freedom of Christ Jesus, but then yet in that freedom as an act of worship, Mm -hmm. a response of faith motivated by love, we get to allow the Lord to continually purify us, even if we continue in a sin that we struggle with. But but that's what describes the Christian life. And this is why I'm always saying... Is that vocation? Yes. Assurance of salvation (laughs) and vocation. Assurance of salvation and vocation. Amen. And this is why. As a believer... As a redeemed child of God, as one who has been saved, who has received the gospel and responded with faith, you are still going to have sin in your life. Yes. Amen. There are three possible outcomes to sin in your life. And I say this because I'm a Lutheran and we're only allowed to group things in three. Because <laughs> uh, of the Trinity. <laughs> yeah. No, there's three possible. You say, my sins don't matter. Because Jesus died on the cross for my mm-hmm. sins. Shall we go on sinning so that grace may abound, right? Antinomianism. We, we flaunt our sins. I'm good at sinning. Jesus is good mm-hmm. at forgiving. It's a wonderful relationship. That's a corruption uh, of the gospel. Yeah. <laughs> the second response to your sin in your life is that you can be devastated. And you're constantly living life in this 
continuum Mm -hmm. where I'm either saved or I'm not saved based on not the existence of your sin, but the awareness of your sin. And then you don't believe Jesus when he said the son sets you free. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. what you start to do is you start to disqualify yourself from the gospel so that if I come under conviction of sin, it doesn't count. And so that too deserves a... Yeah, Yeah, right. (laughs) The third one is when you become aware of sin in your life, when you come under the conviction of sin, the response is repentance. And every time we repent, yep. we're met with the gospel. Amen. Our sins are con- mm-hmm. our, our mm-hmm. sins are forgiven. Mm-hmm. Our consciences are released. We respond with joy. We go out and love our neighbor because there's nothing else yep. required for us to mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. So Amen. in the freedom of Christ, in that declaration of innocence, mm-hmm. we embrace a life of confession and repentance toward yeah. salvation without regret. Yeah. Amen. And the life of Amen. service of our neighbor Amen. to the glory of God. Yeah. Amen. And I think that's so clear. So I, it was good that we took a little extra time to clarify that because that's the mistake that is made mm-hmm. too often mm-hmm. is not understanding. They they fall into the first one, the second one, or but they but that third one's where we're supposed the to be. The third needs to be the target. Yes. And I'm telling you, it's not as easy as it sounds. It's simple. Yep. If you think about the gospel and you and you get it right, it is simple, but it is not an easy thing. And it does take intentional effort on, on in in the life of every believer to rest, abide in Christ. Rest in Christ, but also embrace that life of confession and repentance. And, and this is the one place where I will ever advocate for someone to leave a church. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously exceptions if there's abuse or, or yeah. crime or whatever, yes. Well, blatant, but, blatant heresy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing, dear Christian, if you are going to a church that is feeding you nothing but law for your Christian life, you will die. If you have a church that refuses to give you the gospel, take it up with your pastor, take it up with the church leadership, and if they refuse to respond with their own repentance and a commitment to preach the gospel, change churches. Amen. The only way you are going to be sustained in your Christian faith until the end is if you are continually, regularly, and repeatedly hearing the gospel. It is an absolute necessity. Our Mm -hmm. shepherd wants us to be in green pastures. Yep. Uh, I thought it'd be appropriate to read from Colossians chapter 2, beginning in verse 13. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and the authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Please join us next week as we continue our discussion on the Augsburg Confession. God bless you and have a great week.